Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. The show contains objectionable language. Listener discretion is advised. What? 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 You want my comments? What? 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 Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Once again, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another round of the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the part man, part machine, all podcaster, Carlos, a.k.a. the Wrestling Movie Guy, and I am accompanied by my partner in crime, James, a.k.a. J-Dash. Here to take down the ratings of Raw. That's what I'm here for. Unfortunately, I think that already happened this week. But before we get... Into everything that has happened on Monday Night Raw. Just want to make sure that you guys follow PW Newsroom for all your, all your up-to-date wrestling news. Check out 503 Sports, one of our fine sponsors. If you want to get some cool XFL merchandise from 2001, make sure to check out our new YouTube channel and our Facebook page. Yes, we have finally joined the rest of the world and gotten on Facebook. And we are also on Twitter at PWN. SGWP and at Wrestling Movie G. And as usual, you guys know what it is. This is the raw edition of the podcast. So we talk about five storylines in the ring, two backstage stories, and our heels of the week. So what do you say we get this thing started with the first story of the week? And we like to start up this show. This recap, based on the biggest moments of the night, not necessarily the stars. And I really felt that Liv Morgan getting a massive boost to her stock would be a good way to start. Because more than anybody, I think she she got the biggest push this past Monday. Liv Morgan, more than anyone, had the brightest night. Hands down. Charlotte Flair made a return to Raw to mark her territory, but Liv Morgan came out to take her stake in the ring. And this led to a pretty damn good match that I don't think is getting that much love right now. I thought the two of them did some stiff work and excellent storytelling. Liv Morgan did so much with her eyes and her facial expressions. As the match got harder and harder, her glare at the Queen got more and more intense. The bow went back and forth pretty well. It actually had me believing the Liv could actually get the upset. But, unfortunately, eventually, Charlotte got Liv in the figure eight position. And, well, that was a wrap. She tapped out. But, at the end of the day, this really made Liv look very strong. Because the NXT champ, Charlotte, the queen, has just been on an absolute roll. Going back and forth between NXT and Raw. And being the champion that they need. Some might argue that she's being overexposed. I've always felt that she was underexposed. No pun intended. Leave your jokes out of that. (laughs) We don't need that in the comment, people. (laughs) Um, I still think that Liv tapping out may have not been the best move. But... Could there have been a better way to make both competitors look strong? And is Liv Morgan being really seriously taken as a main event performer now? And is she getting her due? Is she deserving of this due? Is she deserving of this match? What did you think of it, James? You may not like how I'm going to express my opinion about this match, but this whole Raw, from the beginning to the end, stunk, in my opinion. Um, This match, yes, you got Liv Morgan, you got the queen charlotte flair we know what charlotte flair is all about crap winning last yeah she's known for titles 
titles and more titles. Um, Liv Morgan ended up broke off with the Riot Squad, had her little feud with Ruby Riot. I don't think they're trying to push her as a main event, honestly, to not to you know, make it like a, such a eyesore towards the company or to Raw. They're, for some odd reason, it seems like the people backstage may not be Vince, maybe someone else. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what to do for hour number three. Um, there's a lot of talent on Raw, especially Charlotte, when she is at her A game. She's one of the best champions in the women's division. Liv Morgan is up and coming, or you could say she's been around for a little while. But it felt like this match was just put together, put there to be forced in there in between the right before the main event, and I forgot the match it was before that. Um, I don't remember on top of my head. Uh, but, that was the uh, the gauntlet match. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, Which it was just kind felt, of a mess, unfortunately. Yeah, It felt like our number three of Raw just felt like it was, it's the go-home show for before the money in the bank, and you expect Raw's or SmackDown's before a pay-per-view to have, you know, cliffhangers and suspension. Uh, not suspension. That's suspending somebody. <laughs> suspension um, of disbelief. Exactly. Um, but it wasn't. It felt like this match was just put in place to kill time on TV because they needed to fill 20 minutes of the third hour of Raw. Um, it's honestly to come like I watched it and I enjoyed the match. I'm not saying that the match is you know terrible. One thing I do like about the WWE is that the women's division is pretty fucking epic. There, there's some great stars there. Liv Morgan is a capable star to get up in the top and ranks of the division. It's just, I just, for some reason, it feels like every time you get a star, if it's Liv Morgan or Singh or Asuka or uh, Ember Moon, they always sm- uh, smash him with Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Bailey, or Sasha. It's like the up-and-comers don't get a chance. And I just felt like this match was... Had so many different directions to go to, but it felt like it was just thrown into Raw to just fill time for something that hopefully Charlotte can draw ratings because ratings in Raw, especially the third hour, dropped from like 1.4, one, no, 1.845 to 1.77, like the lowest ever. It actually um, went down total, I believe, like, 1.618, which is historically low going yeah, back to 1995. they lost about 250,000 viewers from hour two to hour number three. And that's not doing it. And and I hate to say it, but matches that really don't have storylines like this one did, don't want don't let people tune in. And I'm not bashing the competitors. I'm just saying it's just it was a if you want if you took storylines out, you took Raw's everything out and just had this match played by itself or done by itself, it would have been a very entertaining match. I just felt like it was at place on the wrong part of the show. Hour number three. Usually, that's called dead hour, basically. And it had no buildup because Charlotte spent most of her time in NXT over the last couple of weeks. But overall, I enjoyed the match. The match wasn't you know, bad. It's just the placement, the setting, when they did it, and how they did it, and how they approached it really just turned me off on it. That's my opinion about the match. But I like the match. Yes, Liv Morgan has chance to go up in the ranks. She does. She's very athletic. She's very good in the ring. I just don't like it when they put it against like Charlotte. Like, come on! Are you gonna you gonna have Liv Morgan go up against Nia Jax next week? That's a good way to keep her up. That's be another sma- squash match. It's just, it's just so many different 
aspects that could have went with this, and they chose the wrong one. And it really aggravates me when creative back there in the gorilla don't know what they're doing. And I feel it was just forced, wrong time, wrong place to do it. Now, if it was hour number one, I would have been perfectly fine. It would have been a great setup to a match. But uh, I, I just got a bad taste. Raw was just in a bad taste in my mind. It's And this was one thing. It just burned me today, man. It's just hopefully it improves. But uh, it was bad for me. But, yeah. Mm. I don't know. From my perspective, I feel like Charlotte has declared war on everyone. Every everybody on the roster, whether on SmackDown, Raw, or NXT, doesn't matter. She's coming after everyone because that's kind of the basis of her character. She is the queen, therefore she rules over everyone. She is a cloud over everyone's head. You're definitely not wrong when it comes to her winning too much. I can admit that I'm a huge Charlotte fan. And when she beat Asuka, when Asuka was on her undefeated streak, I felt that was a mistake. It's taken a long time for Asuka to recover. Definitely on her way back now. But can't really put that on Charlotte. I would put that more on the book. And I'm sure that you agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't feel that far out of line for me because now that Liv Morgan has finished things up with Ruby Riot, she had to move on somewhere. And why not, with her newfound confidence, go after the Queen, have a damn good match, and the announcers really did a good job of putting her over. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Byron Saxton didn't annoy the crap out of me. <laughs> He's gotten a lot better recently. I just thought that this worked, and I hope that it's going to lead to something. But in my mind, I unfortunately think that it probably won't for now. I, she kept up with Charlotte, and I think that's going to be kept in the back of Vince and the writers' minds. But enough of that for now. Liv Morgan, nice little clap for you. I'm rooting for you, sweetheart. Let's get over to what we mentioned in passing just a moment ago, and that is the gauntlet match. AJ Styles has returned from the grave. Okay, we all know he wasn't dead, but we thought AJ what? was going to be gone for longer than three weeks, right? I thought he looked good for a dead guy. Yeah, pretty damn good. Like something out of that Trent Williams 80s film, Dead Heat. <laughs> but except he wasn't falling apart and his arm didn't come off. But maybe it was just me. But as much as I enjoy seeing AJ Styles back, I felt that now was the wrong time for him to make his miraculous Back from the Dead return. I understand why they brought him back for Money in the Bank. With Apollo Crews being hurt, you know, they did what they had to do. They, they had to pull the trigger and get him out of that grave, even though I'll bet you money the Vince wanted to hold off on that to help out his boy, The Undertaker. But it is what it is. It seems as though Apollo Crews legitimately got hurt. But with that being said, I thought the WWE had a really good chance to get Umberto Carrillo over, but they just didn't pull the trigger. For a short period of time, Umberto seemed like he was getting a serious push, but it was an incredibly short-lived push. It took me a little while to get, to get into his character, but now I'm a big Umberto Carrillo fan. Like, I love this guy. He has so much talent, and he just hasn't been given a real shot in a high-stakes match. This was it. It was right here. He was getting past all of his enemies, although I do think that disqualification by, um, good lord, I'm blanking all of a sudden, Bobby Lashley, that disqualification was a really bad move. On the booking part. This was his shot, but AJ is a bigger name. And with Apollo Crews being out, they needed a big name to help move pay-per-view buys. 
AJ Styles does that. I cannot argue that, but it just felt to me like WWE is selling its future for the present. Again, no disrespect to AJ Styles. I love the man. I'm certain that AJ will do great at the Money in the Bank. You always expect greatness out of him, but I, I just thought that they rushed his return from the Boneyard match, and it lost some of the luster of what that match meant at WrestleMania with AJ pretty much burying his own burial. Did, did you feel better about this? Are you as negative on it as I am? How do you feel about it? Besides my negativity of the whole show in its entirety, the gauntlet match had some ups and downs. Yeah, Bobby Lashley took care of all the uh, you know, 7-Eleven store clerks um, in the first couple of rounds of the gauntlet match, and you kind of expect that. And having him hit a ref really is... I don't think that was like seriously. We the WWE fans are getting sick and tired and irritated of the Lana and Lashley story. And then you put this in here, and then you have the up and comer AJ Styles. Not up and comer. You have AJ Styles coming in, and but there are also rumors with this Gauntlet match that Jinder Mahal was going to be the last entrance. You actually think the WWE universe or fans who have been betraying the WWE because of the low ratings, you think that would have made him excited to see Jinder Mahal be in the gauntlet match and win the gauntlet match? <laughs> well, it would have made you happy. You'd well, I like Jinder Mahal. Mahal. But I'm a person who likes heels, and I do think he plays a good heel. Yes, he may be crappy in the, in the ring at times. Botch is like crazy, but still. But I look at the reason why AJ Styles won this match is what other heel on Raw is going to go after... Uh, Drew McIntyre for the uh, WWE Championship because I honestly I don't I don't think Seth Rollins even though how much we like him or how the storylines building up I have a feeling that he is not going to win at win at a uh, Money in the Bank because mm-hmm. I just don't see them giving Drew McIntyre the title at WrestleMania and then get taken away from him three weeks later um, but. AJ's experience, yes, being un, you know coming back from the burial from the Undertaker, I think is like what you just mentioned. It's too early to come back from that, but really the WWE, especially even though I just bash creative, they needed to do something because they need to try and find a spark for the ratings and bringing AJ in with a gauntlet match would have brought more ratings than uh, Jinder Mahal or Andrade or, you know, Titus O'Neil or Shelton Benjamin. You know, <laughs> Titus O'Neil, as soon as I saw him, I was like, well, you're clearly about to yeah, die. I'm surprised, I'm surprised he made it to the ring. He usually slides under the ring when he comes out of the uh, back. Um, but for me, a couple of the guys on Twitter, a couple in the wrestling community, I Just basically said, a couple. There's about how many are <laughs> are about what's it 1,400 that follow us on Twitter. Um, had a couple of people say, "Who you predict's going to win?" And I said, "Oh, it's AJ Styles. He's not even the match." Oh yeah, he is. He'd be in the match. Sure enough, he got in. He won it. Um, but we already know that Styles is there, and WWE's already made it known that the match for for uh, the ladder match at Money in the Bank has already been filmed. It's already done. So it must that must have happened either a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago. Without no one knowing. Um, but I am hearing I've, rumors that they've been thinking about doing some stuff live, which could add to more evidence that Apollo Crews got injured 
like maybe they already filmed all that stuff with him in it. He got hurt, and now they're like, "Uh oh, now we have to go back and fix that." Yeah, there are rumors of that as well. Uh, that's a good rumor, honestly. And but like, well, we can get back with AJ Styles. Was I surprised that he came back? No, I knew it was going to come back pretty soon because he's a big name with a roster that is losing wrestlers due to injuries, um, and he's healthy. He's not that far away from the state of Florida. He's from Georgia. So he, it's only a five-hour drive from where he's at to down to the Performance Center. And it was basically the WWE saying, we need help on our roster. It's not going to fix the issue. I got in a Twitter war today with some random dude from, I think he's from Kuwait or Bahrain or some Middle Eastern country. If it was Saudi, it was Saudi Arabia, I would have called him out on stuff too about um, supporting the WWE without letting the ladies wrestle down there, um, but he he mentioned he mentioned I put like a picture of CM Punk. It's like I wonder if I wonder what what wrestler will help WWE with ratings, like give it the WWE some boost in ratings for short time gains, not for long time gains. And I had CM Punk, and he goes, "What's it? What's this old has been and never was want to be going to do for uh, the WWE?" I said, well, he's the best in the world. He's a two-time WWE champion. At one time, he was the longest-reigning WWE champion or consecutive uh, for, it was like, 700 days he held the belt or something like that. I may have been wrong. Um, then I was like, well, and CM Punk has a strong fan base. AEW wanted him. ROH wanted him. Um, Impact wanted him. And if he comes back to the WWE, he will instantly get ratings from his fans. Crap, people still chant his name in every freaking arena. Well, not right now, but when we did have fans in the stands, they kept chanting his name. So ratings will help if you get Punk in there. Um, is it him? I doubt it. But one thing, the reason I believe they brought AJ Styles back this early from the graveyard match for WrestleMania is because they're desperate to keep you know put something on Raw TV. And AJ Styles... May not give it that boost, but it's a familiar name, and people know who it is. They they know his history at Impact. They know his entries, his history at TNA. They know his entry, uh, history at, from SmackDown when he was a WWE champion. The house so, that AJ Styles built. Exactly. So it's a name that's recognized, and people will be like, "Oh, who's in the ladder match?" Well, Rey Mysterio. Man, that guy's fifty years old and still doing this thing. Oh, it's Otis. Oh, oh, AJ Styles. That might intrigue them. Um, so yeah, I think it was more of get a name in that match. That's a big name, like you mentioned. Um, but is it a big surprise they return? No, kind of expected. It. There was rumors about it. There was either him or Jinder Mahal, and thank God they picked AJ Styles over Jinder Mahal because, yes, I know I like Jinder. I just don't see him him going after either Drew McIntyre or uh, a Braun Strowman. If that just doesn't you know fit well, really. Oh, yeah. just, come to, just come to think of it, I just got a stomach ache. Oh, God. <laughs> Might want to get that looked at, dude. <laughs> here, let's, virus. Try, let's try to alleviate that negativity <laughs> with something that I actually thought was very positive. The Viking Raiders put the tag team division on notice. For weeks now, the Raiders have been telling the current tag team champions, the Street Profits, that they're not the true champs. If you remember, the Raiders were dealing with injuries a few months ago, which sadly led them to relinquishing the title, which the Prophets eventually won through hard work. 
they earned it, even though the title was vacant. Their titles were vacant. Although the Providence have been champs for a while, they never defeated the Raiders. And now the time came, and the Raiders came back and finally got one over on them. They, they said that they were going to do it, and they did it. This, I think, should lead to a title shot for the Raiders. And even though I'm not in love with their over-the-top Viking gimmick, they still look rather stupid to me. It's like a remnant of 1995. But these guys are so freaking good. They are technically proficient, and they can do high moves that men their size shouldn't be able to do. This rivalry, I do think, is going to be a really good one because the Profits have been kind of stagnant for a while now. They did some uh, they did some microphone work with uh, Byron Saxton just screaming and yelling, haven't really had anybody really coming at them, like anybody that you really take seriously. And it just seemed like they're a big fish in a small pond. They just don't have any real challenges. But the Raiders seem like the challenge that they've been waiting for. I feel that the Street Profits need the Raiders, and the Raiders need the Profits, because the Raiders need to get back into this. And what better way to do it than to stake their claim for what should really still be their title? They never lost it. Do you have any hopes for this rivalry becoming anything big? Uh, honestly, they need something in the division. That tag team division and... Um... Raw needs to be spiced up a little bit. And I think the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders, I'm just going to say I expect this to be added to the Money in Bank card. So do uh, I. Um, may not be uh, the actual pay-per-view itself. I think it's going to be uh, maybe the the pre-show. But mm-hmm. I most likely think this is going to be – it might be announced on Friday. It might be announced the day of the um, pay-per-view. Um, but – it needs to – one thing I've noticed, and we'll get to the subject later about a certain tag team, um, and they brought up a good point, uh, and a lot of other tag teams brought up a good point, is that a lot of tag teams on Raw and SmackDown are starting to consider the tag team belts as useless. Like, we don't need these belts. They're just basically it's like, hey, here's a participation trophy. Um it's because, as the history we know in the history of the WWE, tag teams are not what you like to call, well, not the history, but recent history. I can't say history of all because crap, you get Hardys, you get the Dudleys, you get you know the Four Horsemen. The tag team division at one point was legit, but the tag team division right now on Raw and on SmackDown is way weaker than what it could be. But for Raw's sake, you need something like the Viking Raiders, you need something like the Street Profits to to develop into a not just a temporary rivalry, but something that you can build on like you can have like the Usos and the New Day have and for years. And you need something like that on Raw. Uh, the Raw missed that when New Day went over to SmackDown. Um, so do I expect this to be a... Uh, a a long-standing rivalry? No, but it needs to happen. I really, when these two guys, these two teams get in a ring, that tag team match was very, it wasn't the best tag team match I've ever seen, but damn, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chemistry, but I wish that, honestly, I know we like Otis, and I know like we like heavy machinery on SmackDown. Oh, yeah. But they, 
they belong on Raw because the Viking Raiders and Heavy Machinery would have been a good rivalry. Um, so yes, I, it needs something needs to happen. The tag team division, in my opinion, is being thrown to the side in both brands, and it needs more attention. It needs more pump, and it needs more big name stars and big name teams to perform up to the best ability to get that division up. And I do think the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits had that opportunity to excel the interest in that, but also make it known that, hey, the tag team division is worth something to watch. You don't have to go to the concession stand to get yourself a drink, but due to what's going on around the world, we don't have concession stands. So go to your neighborhood bar, grill, or gas station for your beverages, that type of segment. So I hopefully that they can do something, and if they can bring that match to the kickoff show or the pay-per-view show on Sunday, that'll be an entertaining match. They have something there between them two. I just hopefully, I just hope and pray that that Raw and WWE do, treats them and treats the rest of the tag team division the same because we have a lot of talent on both rosters, and the tag team division is being thrown to the side, and it needs more attention. So yes. I do like this area, and I hope it becomes a rivalry. But I want to see it more than just them two. I want to see a vast, um, not a vast, but, but most of the tag team division to be superior. Um, you're in WWE. You're supposed to be the brand of wrestling, so you need to have the tag teams. Uh, you don't need to be being outshined by the other promotions. I don't care if you like the AEW. You're the WWE. You have the money. You have the the financial status to do this and you have the ability to showcase it do it and i think viking raiders and street profits and lucha house party and the new day and the forgotten sons and yeah even though miz and morrison are not really really a true you know tag team they're individual stars tag team do something and hopefully we start seeing it this week we saw it monday hopefully it continues on sunday and monday next week and the following week because there's a lot of talent in this division, and I think the rivalry between – if it's a rivalry, I would like to see it. If it's just a one-shot, well, it had a hell of a match on Monday night, so hopefully they can continue it. Yeah, I definitely think the SmackDown tag team division is being handled a hell of a lot better. What I would hope comes out of this, I don't care who wins, who loses, I want the teams to raise each other up. And if they can elevate their game – and create an excellent rivalry, it can only help the rest of the division because if both teams go their separate ways and they both got over, in that case, it's going to help other teams get over as long as the booking is done right. right. But we'll see. It, this only just rekindled itself. But, oh, God, when it comes to bad booking, we got to get the story number four here. Oh, God, poor buddy Murphy, or uh, Murphy now, I, I guess. I'll always call him Buddy Murphy. This one I'm going to try to keep short. It's been really difficult to watch Buddy Murphy be given such terrible, terrible decisions. And he knows that he's not being given anything to work with. You you know that's the case. On paper, working with guys like Drew McIntyre and Aleister Black should be a huge bump for Buddy Murphy. But no. He just keeps getting L's after L's after L's over and over and over. I simply ask this at WWE. When the hell is it going to be Buddy Murphy's time? He has so much talent. And even though he's he's a disciple of Seth Rollins, he still can't get a win. 
I feel like this really hurts both Murphy and Seth's credibility. If Seth Rollins' disciples can't give victories, then how much of a big, giant, bad villain could he possibly be? They need to take this into a children of the corn kind of style. He needs to become an infection in the locker room. I can't stress this enough. I don't even know where else to go with this. It's just frustrating to see Buddy Murphy get treated the way that he does. Do you see this ending anytime soon? Do you think he's going to break off his allegiance to Seth Rollins, especially if Rollins loses this weekend? Uh, I don't think he's going to break from Seth Rollins. I just, uh, um, like, like uh, pretty much as you could tell about how my attitude is this week for Raw, it's the main event. Ah, uh, man, uh, yeah. disappointment. It was, yeah. it was disappointing. Uh, I was I looking forward I, to it. I think the match was like six minutes long, but it felt like it happened in 20 seconds or type ordeal. It felt like an eternity to me. But we saw earlier this month Drew McIntyre against uh, Zelina's Vegas uh, stable and Andrade. Um, it just it feels like the WWE or events, hey, we're going to give Drew McIntyre the WWE Championship. Congratulations. And we are going to give you the crappiest opponents the next couple of weeks to try and make you get over for the fans, even though the, he should be already over. Um, but when you have matches, main events that happen at hour number three, and the ratings are dropping and dropping and dropping, you're trying to sell McIntyre so much, no one's watching it. And it's, you know, I remember McIntyre when he was NXT. I remember McIntyre when he was the, uh, a pawn for, uh, crap, what was, uh, three-man band with him and gender. Uh, it was, he has come so far, even with his injury from last year, has come so far from what he was, and now he's getting the opportunity to shine, and he gets... Murphy. Am I bashing Murphy here? No. Do I like Murphy's character as a disciple for Seth Rollins? Uh, I, I know why he's there. Like we stated before, why they're doing it is because, yeah, it's you know Seth Rollins is supposed to be the Messiah. Seth Rollins is supposed to be Jesus, and you need disciples. Um, but bad booking, again, bad timing, bad placement. And for a go-away show for a pay-per-view, especially for the Raw brand, it was not the right time and place to have this match. Um, and yes, sometimes there is people slash wrestlers that get the short end of the sticks, and it was Murphy this time around. Um, but do I see him breaking away from Seth Rollins? Not this time, not next month. I think it'll be he'll be one of the guys that does break away from Rollins, but I'm I'm thinking maybe Mania, not Mania, uh, SummerSlam or one of the bigger pay-per-views later in the year. But again, hour number three of Raw really it just capitalized on a very very crappy uh, night of Raw. There were some good parts of it, but there were some parts of it that I was like, this is totally unnecessary, and unfortunately. The main event was that, and if you don't have a main event only last six seconds on Raw or six minutes on Raw, why even have it as a main event? I rather had the uh, Street Profits and the Viking Raiders at the main event. That would have been more enjoyable. 
um, than McIntyre and Murphy. So, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that the time and place I do think was right because if you're going to have these guys be the main event, uh, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, you should have the disciple there. But the disciple needs to actually be a threat, and he hasn't been one. 90% of the match, Buddy's just getting whooped. And then in any moment that it seems like maybe he's going to get the upper hand, nothing. It just dissipates. It's it's a total tease. But, man, buddy, here's the hope, and you get treated better soon. Let's just hope this nightmare ends quickly. And we may as well get into the final in-ring story of the week, which is Seth Rollins almost got a proper push, almost got a proper push before Money in the Bank. Last few weeks, Rollins talks a big game. His promos have been excellent. But then he just keeps getting beaten up. I, you guys already know that we're not fans of what happened in his main event. But it was almost saved at the end. When Seth snuck up on Drew after the match ended, and it seemed as though Seth had left the building, Elvis style, but snuck up around and returned what seemed to be a good beatdown, pre, uh, you know, preluding this Sunday. But Drew got up, fought back. And sends up Rollins running back to the locker room with his, with his tail between his legs, just reducing the threat level that he's been trying to establish. And for the Messiah to be a truly feared villain, his boys need to win. You know this. He needs to look strong. Awards are just not enough right now. And I'll tell you what. I think that the only way for WWE to get themselves out of this awkward corner is to have Seth win with a fantastic spot that no one's going to see coming. I think that a new follower, someone that we just wouldn't expect, someone that no one sees coming would be the best way to go about it. Who do you think that follower should be? The new follower or disciple for... Yeah, for Seth. Like, Seth who, who could it be? Wrong. Like, I think that's the only way that he's going to get that win over Drew. If he does get the win. At this point, I just think that that's the only way to get it over. Hmm. Well, to get him over, you're going to have... Honestly, if they're going to have Seth Rollins win the match against Money in the Bank, I do be believe AO, uh, AOP would be there. I just or... don't think that's going to be enough, though. We need one more person. There's got to be somebody. AJ would be an interesting choice now that he no longer has his friends, but I just don't see his personality meshing yeah, very well with Seth. No, uh, AJ Styles is not going to be a disciple for uh, Seth. Um, maybe, honestly, you can go to... Man, that was... that. I got to give it credit for you, man. I, I wasn't prepared for that question, but damn. Um... Like, a Shelton Benjamin can be a guy. Um, that could be fun. Shelton know, hasn't been doing anything, and he's damn good in the ring, too. Uh, well, Titus is no. He he is not. Uh... Now, you, if you want to have, like, a disciple, somebody who may want to follow Seth Rollins to a point that can tilt it to his favor... Someone that can, you know, shock like a, like, wow, this is a surprised follower. I wouldn't expect this guy. Someone like Ricochet will, you know, you know, shake the narrative a little bit. Um, person like Shelton Benjamin. I, I don't think, 
Like, I don't think Ray Mysterio would be that type of individual that would do nah, that. Nah, you definitely couldn't do no. that. He's he's too much of a good guy. Well, also, oh. can you have like a female become a follower? That would be interesting. Like, Comes out and hits Drew McIntyre over the head yeah. with a chair or something. Or like like Nia Jax or someone that is actually has Samoa Joe been. Samoa Joe, I do believe that he's injured at the moment. That's why yeah, he's been calling so. so many matches. But if there's a new follower coming in, or if there's rumored to be a new follower coming in, a name to look for, like I just mentioned, Shelton Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ginger Mahal. Ooh, you know, that actually could be useful because of his prior history. With Drew McIntyre, he could play the part of I know you better than anyone else. Exactly. That and, could be and, interesting. And he can I, I know it is be kind of stupid uh, type of ordeal. Welcome to but, the show. Yeah. Jennifer Mahal <laughs> is Muslim. And he's uh, he's very open that he is, you know, Muslim. And you can put that storylines like, yeah, he can follow Seth Rollins and help him get his ordeal, then you can have either uh, uh, have a gender break with Seth Rollins later. And then you'll have your, you know, historic, you know, Muslim versus Christian, you know, the Muhammad versus uh, Jesus type of ordeal. <laughs> it, it so, uh, if, if the WWE is going to go full hardcore with this Jesus Messiah storyline, you got to have the opposition. And it'd be nice to either a try and either boost up Seth Rollins' big capability as this godlike creature or godlike character, or bury him with uh, a disciple that turns that uh, turns against him and Jinder Mahal. Um, but Jinder or Shelton Benjamin, in my opinion, could be new followers if it comes up to it. But yes, the story of him being pushed—why you need to push Seth? It's Seth freaking Rollins. The guy is a multiple-time champion. The guy has the most epic cashing in of the money and bank contract in history, which um, technically didn't happen, seeing that the WWE is erasing people from history. Um, they're giving your homeboy uh, the CM Punk treatment. Where did um, Roman go? Yeah, exactly. Apparently <laughs> it was Brock versus Brock at that WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting, interesting way to end uh, a Raw, but I don't think you need to push Seth. Seth's already over. He he's already hated. He's already liked. You don't need to push a, like that's like pushing the Rock over after the Rock's been in the business for thirty years and is doing what he's doing. You don't do that. You don't need him to push him. He can do it to himself. He just needs yeah, a push. Exactly. He. It's just. I feel like. Deep downside, it's like I like this storyline. Like we talked about even on SmackDown, how we like the Bray Wyatt uh, and the Fiend storyline, how so far they haven't messed it up. But we know as fans of the wrestling, it's going to happen. They're going to screw it, screw it with it somehow. They almost did it Hell in the Cell a couple of months ago. Um, but Seth Rollins... Drew McIntyre, they need to find a way to boost up this match as much as uh, as much as possible, 
Because I do believe it's going to be the headline match at uh, at Money in the Bank, either that or the Universal. Um, but, yeah. I do agree with you. The Disciples need to start winning and having a new follower, especially of a per- character as in Jinder Mahal or Shelton Benjamin. That can help Seth Rollins into his... Uh, and his rise to get back the WWE Championship. But how likely is that to happen? I highly doubt it to happen. But then again, we didn't expect you know AJ Styles to come back this soon. And it's amazing what happens when ratings are down and you need to fire something up to spark interest into the company. I will say this before we move over to the backstage news. I was thinking that what could be a good way to save two storylines for the price of one is have the new disciple be Bobby Lashley. He's been messing up lately. He's been having arguments with his uh, <clears throat> his wife. <laughs> I love they're still pushing that. And what better way to get him involved than to have him be frustrated? He got disqualified. His own anger got in his way. He needs guidance. And his wife in the storyline isn't giving him that. So have him take leadership from Seth Rollins and eventually you can have Lana not liking the fact that he's listening to Seth more than he's listening to her leading to the eventual breakup between the two now I don't know what that would mean in the future between Seth and uh, Bobby Lashley but I think that that could definitely help everyone out but with that said let's move over to backstage news and not sure if you guys have read about this yet, but uh, apparently Vince McMahon's plans for rebranding the revival before they left, well, it uh, kind of pushed them out the door and led them to leaving. Recently, it was revealed that the revival was... Oh, my God, I can't believe this. Uh, Vince had some truly out-of-this-world plans to reboot this team, and it was just a terrible idea. The plan was to put them in big, bright, <laughs> big, bright, loud colors and lipstick lipstick yes i said it lipstick the revival can you picture these guys in lipstick two of the most serious dudes in the tag team division formerly of the tag team division it's something that works for guys like gold dust but not the revival and if this really wanted to keep him he never would have come up with this idea he wanted to turn the team into a comedy duo even though we already know just how serious they are Surely it can't be serious. I am, and don't call me Shirley. Not hmm. only, <laughs> not only a serious dynamic duo, but these guys were great. Like so good, so underrated. A lot of people thought they were boring. I didn't think so. I thought that they brought back that old school technical wrestling, like a Bruno Sammartino duo. The fact that the tag team division doesn't get enough love as it is is not lost on us or the roster. But the revival was arguably one of the worst treated teams. Of all time in WWE. Even though they won the tag team titles, they never really got to do anything with it. It was such a forgettable run. Two things. Do you think the relationship could ever be mended between the WWE? And will the Revival now have the success that they have craved now that they left WWE? Besides money. You know they got paid. But not everything in life is about money. Well, the Revival, now the Revolt... Can I can't say that it's never they're never going back to WWE uh, because the last time we've seen wrestler says I'm never going back to that company. Six months later, they're back in the company. Um, and that's or they're happened. Bret Hart. 
And they eventually returned about 20 years later. Yes. But they paid him a lot of money to show up for, like, one event. Um, he didn't just free willing show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but will the Revival finally get what they want? Yes. The Revival um, have future uh, aspirations of going after tag teams in both Impact, uh, ROH, and AEW to uh, that have been either in contact with them or have been showing major interest with them like the North from uh, Impact, who is a hell of a tag team. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're, what they said they, it's a, a match that they'll like to have, but apparently it's a dream match by the so-called, self-proclaimed, the greatest tag team in the world, the Young Bucks from AEW. Um, so for the Revival, in my opinion, I do believe that they will be AEW-bound. Uh, there are major hints happening already about that um, from being the elite, which is a YouTube series on uh, from the Young Bucks at AEW. They're teasing FTR, which is Free the Revolt. Um, it's standing for something else, but this is a uh, oh, crap. No, it doesn't. It's not a kid's show. We've, we've said a couple of words on here. What originally stated happened about a year ago. Cody Rhodes it said FTR. It stands for Fuck the Revival. It went to a point so much that uh, the WWE said cease and desist orders towards Cody because of what he says about the revival, and then it just kept FTR. And now it's free the uh, free the revival um, or free the revolt. Now, is there a chance in the future, like 10, 15 years, for them to come back to the WWE? It's possible. I can name a couple of tag teams that said they'll never go back to the WWE, but yet they're Hall of Famers in the WWE. The Dudleys and Matt and Jeff Hardy. I remember listening to an old YouTube slash podcast with Matt Hardy when he was in Impact. And he goes, I'm never going to go back to the WWE, how they treated me. He was back in the WWE six months later for WrestleMania. Um, It just tells you that it is never say never because it may happen. With, with situations or different circumstances, you know, come together. Um, but do I think the Revival were mistreated in the WWE? Yes. They left the WWE for one reason. They felt like the tag team division wasn't getting enough respect. Not because they weren't getting paid enough or because they weren't, you know, pushing things. They were mad because the tag team was getting disregarded as being a, being a secondary uh, item. Mm-hmm. So... But I think it was Talkish Jericho, um, Chris Jericho's podcast, dropped, well, I think it was today or yesterday, he had an interview with The Revolt. And it's a, if you want to know more, ladies and gentlemen, go listen to that podcast. Hear it from the sources themselves. Hear it from the tag team. Hear it from Chris Jericho. Don't hear it from us. We just, I just gave you pretty much basically what they talked about in three minutes or less. Um, but, yeah, never say never. I'm going to miss the, or the Revival. They were a hell of a tag team. Them in uh, AOP and NXT days were uh, legit. Some of the best tag team matches. I think that DIY is the other match I saw with them in NXT a couple of years ago, which was legit best matches of the year for the WWE. So I, it's a tag team I wish it was used correctly, but 
they're going to be used somewhere in the independent circuit, either uh, ROH, Impact, or AEW. All right, all right. Definitely uh, made some damn good points there. Now, this next bit that we're going to talk about is kind of more like a more of an update. Not so much uh, totally opinionated, but I do have a big question about it. But first things first, KO is getting KO'd for a while. A few days ago, it was reported that Kevin Owens suffered an injury to his ankle, which has led to his recent run to come to an end. Turns out that when he took that super sweet bump jumping off the uh, jumping off the WrestleMania sign, kind of came back to bite him in the butt. He jacked up his ankle. And apparently he's got a fracture and the timetable is not known at this time for his return, but hopefully it won't be too long. He said it was just a fracture, not a torn ligament or anything like that. You know, his Achilles tendon didn't get uh, torn. So thank God for that. So thank God for small favors. But I do think this is an opportunity for him to do more when he returns because I know they're pushing him to the moon. He was putting in good work in the ring, but the rivalry that he had going on forever with Seth Rollins just, well, it went on forever, on and on and on. So the question is, when he returns, who's going to provide him with a fresh rivalry? Who could be an opponent that can bring the bre- who could that can bring the best out of him a and not be a, a breast of fresh ass? Absolutely. <laughs> who can bring the best out of him that's not a retread? Uh, Sami Zayn? Uh, unfortunately, Sami Zayn is on SmackDown. Yeah, that's it. But we're, we're going to get close to the draft here pretty soon. I think the draft is either next month or they start mixing things up. It's usually either before... It's, I thought it was either after WrestleMania and before Extreme Rules. Seeing for, that backlash is next month. Well, they were doing it like that for a while, however... You know, due to the whole Rona situation, yeah. that's made things a lot more so, difficult. On Raw, what could spice it up? Maybe AJ Styles, but then AJ's a heel, so you won't have two heels against each other. Well, no, Kevin Owens is definitely a face right now. Going after uh, Seth Rollins and the whole yeah. side thing, he's definitely a face now. He's more of a lovable heel than a face. But uh, then, yeah, see, yeah, uh, you, you can say, yeah, I agree, he is a face. I'd put him more in a nicer kind of Stone Cold territory. Not that I'm saying he is Stone Cold, but the man uses his stunner. He's fighting against the Messiah and whatnot. In my books, that makes him a face. Yeah, he's Randy Orton. He's a heel, but everyone loves him. Ooh, Randy Orton would be nice, but I'm pretty sure they already fought. Yeah, yeah. Nah, they, they, um, they, they definitely did. Um, maybe two Canadians, Edge and KO, Kevin Owens, but I don't know if Edge's contract, well, he has 24 nah, matches. He's got plenty. Uh, he's got at least, I think, about 17 appearances. more appearances. Yeah, 21, yeah. So that could be a possible have two Canadian guys go after each other. It could be a rivalry out of respect. That's be that. a nice change of pace. Um, and also, it could you could be asking for an NXT guy that gets called up. There um, is that, too. Uh, Maybe that, somebody can get disputed. Yeah. Or uh, like Adam Cole or something like that. Like that. That'll be a good little introduction into the main roster, um, or crap, even Valentine Dream if situations go his way. Uh, but yeah, it Kevin Owens for some odd reason, I I feel like ever since he's left NXT, every time he started going on his runs, if it was for the Intercontinental or WWE or the United States, every time he was getting into those roles. 
and really establishing himself as a, you know, a permanent fixture as a heel or a champion, an injury comes out of nowhere. And for a guy like that, with the history that he has, it just, for me, it, I feel bad for the dudes. Like, he has the potential of being one of the greatest, you know, in-ring talents the WWE has seen in years. It's just injury after injury and after injury. Same with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was the same type of guy two years ago that everyone's like, oh, this is going to be incredible. This is going to be awesome. And what happened? Injuries. Um, Ironically, both of them do that when they have titles yeah. now. And the thing is, is I know we, we I've, I bashed the ratings on Raw and crap, I can bash ratings on SmackDown as well. Um, but it, you can't blame injuries on the on the ratings, and also you can't blame creative not having the people to help improve such ratings, because there's no one there that has the name quality that can spike the rating system, and unfortunately, because of the new corp, uh, new almost a corporation, uh, it might be a corporation. Ah, but, no, you're messing up. It's contagious. Yes, <laughs> um, the new promotion that's in uh, wrestling, which is AEW. Um, they they are getting every type of talent that leaves the WWE. They're snatching it up. Um, so I, I feel for the WWE. Uh, their top stars are getting hurt, and they can't. They have to find a way to put together Rawls and Smackdowns with limited rosters due to the pandemic that's happening. And with Kevin Owens getting hurt, it doesn't. Kevin Owens got hurt, and who's who got hurt last week? Uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Uso got hurt. No, Jay, well, uh, Jay Uso got hurt. No, it was, uh, it was Jimmy Uso got hurt. Jay uh, Jimmy Uso, yeah. But Jimmy uh, got hurt at WrestleMania, uh, one of those latter spots. And, and Apollo got hurt too. So you got three big stars that got hurt in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that all builds up. If you can't have them in the ring, the rate people are not tuning in to watch certain matches. So yeah. People don't understand. It's just not the pandemic right now. These are still athletes. They're still out there and they still get hurt. And yeah, uh, sucks for KO because he, he, that guy works. When he's healthy, he is the man. Uh, yeah, he's either a pain in the ass or the, or a great athlete. And I, it's just it's something that the WWE doesn't need, and it's happening. And it unfortunately happens in all sports. When you think you have the team that's going to win the championship, and your starting quarterback blows an ACL, well, and your chance of winning a championship. Not not looking good. So yeah, it's for the for the WWE, it's what's that's just another addition to a falling rating system that is dampening the people who are upstairs, the board and the stockholders. So yeah. And most it's importantly all, the fans. And the most important, yes, it's all part of the big piece of pie that's not enjoyable at the moment. It's more like a very custard pie that's been out of the refrigerator for fifteen days. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's not the it's not your Thanksgiving version of a uh, putang pie by The Rock. <laughs> well, look with that said, we we do wish Kevin Owens the best of luck. Hope he gets healed up soon and that he can make his triumphant return. But this is going to bring us to the final segment of the evening or day, depending on when you're listening to this. It's time for the heels of the week. 
And I'm not going to lie, it was a little difficult to come up with the choice this week because, as James pointed out, this wasn't the best episode. It's been a while since we've had to say, yeah, this wasn't all that great. But you got to find the positives along with the negatives. And I had to think long and hard about this when I was writing this all up. And this week, I thought about how MVP has been planting some seeds around the locker room. He was talking to Apollo Crews. He was talking to Brendan Fink and Shane Thorne. And immediately after talking with all three of them, unfortunately, Apollo did get hurt. But on the positive, you got to win over Andrade. Things, guys that MVP communicates with seem to do well lately. And it seemed like Brendan Fink and Shane Thorne were giving serious consideration after MVP gave them his vote of confidence. And that is no small thing. MVP is not a joke, and he's a phenomenal manager. I think that he could get this done. I think that a heel turn for Apollo Crews is coming. And like I said, he's had some talks with MVP, and I think this could lead to MVP being a damn good manager, maybe possibly on the Zelina Vega level. Certainly not as cute, but he would have multiple people underneath him, like a sports agent, which would be perfect for him. It absolutely fits. Having a stable of Vink, Thorne, and Cruz could be pretty damn interesting. And I know we haven't seen a whole lot of Vink and Thorne, but from what I've seen, I, I like them. I think that uh, the character needs work, but their in-ring skills, they're pretty damn good. It could be a sweet army that MVP leads out, and it would finally give Cruz the push that he so very much deserves when he gets back from injury. Hopefully it won't take too long for him to heal up. But for right now, I got to make MVP my heel of the week because he's been planting these seeds and they could grow in the future and managers could actually become a regular thing again in the WWE. God, I want that. I miss those days. Mm-hmm. So James, who you got? My heel of the week. Brace yourself, people. I know I've been bashing them all day, but... My Batten down the, the hatches. My heel of the week is not a wrestler at all. It's not a fan. Ah. It's not a network. It's the people behind the scenes. Creative. Ooh. You guys are the heel of the week. When you're doing the top ten of the greatest money in the bank cash-ins, and number one is Seth Rollins cashing in at WrestleMania, uh, curb-stopping the beast himself, Brock Lesnar, and completely completely fantasizing Roman Reigns from the highlight and completely taking him off of posters from pay-per-views to upcoming events. The heels of the week for me is creative. They are giving Roman Reigns the absolute CM Punk treatment right now because he left because he has leukemia or he's in remission but his immune system is not 100%, and what's happening with right now, he is in the high-risk category. And I think that the having this type of approach to Roman Reigns at this time is very unprofessional, and I blame creative. I know they're trying to you know, boost up the hype of the Money in the Bank, but if the greatest Money in the Bank match or cash-in at WrestleMania consists of maybe the one of the biggest names in the business, which you like to call the big dog or Michael Cole, and completely fancying him from the videos and highlights and posters, I feel like that deserves to be called out. 
Um, yes, I know a lot of people don't like Roman Reigns. They boo him a lot. Crap, a lot of people hated John Cena. But John Cena still went out there each and every single day knowing he was going to get half the stadium cheering for him, half the stadium booing for him. But honestly, giving him the CM Punk treatment for a guy who's been that dedicated to the company over the last couple of years, I think it's very low blow. And I think the creative at, for this is at, to blame. It may be Vince that's doing this. It may be Triple H is uh, doing. Um, but you do not erase a superstar that was in that match, that made that match epic. That was a good WrestleMania. In my opinion, is one of the better WrestleManias in recent years. And that cashing in was a big thing. And the reason why the Money in Bank is such a big deal is because of that. And then you erase the man from like he never existed in the match alone. It's despicable. It's sad. But then again, it's creative. And I know this is nothing but WWE related, but Chris Jericho almost impaled Kenny Omega on a metal pipe um, here at, uh, watching the AEW. But, oh, it was very damn clear near. But that's your sneak peek for AEW people. But... Yes, my heel of the week is WWE creative with her treatment of Roman Reigns. Wow. Well, before we roll out, the only thing that I can possibly say in WWE's defense is have people forget about him. Take everything that he was on and just take him off. Give time for people to breathe. Again, maybe forget about him for a while. And then, boom, he comes back. That would make the surprise of his return even bigger. But... Who knows? Are they really doing that? Are they mad at him for not showing up? I really don't know. I don't think any of us are going to know until if and when he does return. But that's the only thing that I could throw in the defense, and it's a rather flimsy one. But we'll see next week. Maybe he'll come back. Highly doubt it. But until then, I am Carlos, a wrestling movie guy, with my co-host, James, a.k.a. J. Dash. Before we go, make sure that you guys check in PW Newsroom. Go follow them for all your up-to-date wrestling news. If you want to get some excellent, high-quality, old-school XFL gear, check out 503 Sports. Make sure to follow us on YouTube and Facebook. And is there anything else you want to add before we roll out, my good man? Yes, Sunday, 6.30 p.m. on Damn. YouTube, Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. We're going live. We're going live for Money in the Bank live reactions. Tune in, join us, have fun, grab a beer. Have Money a beer. In the bank. <laughs> yes, Money in the Bank Sunday, 6.30, live stream. Be there. All right, guys, with that said, we will catch you later. And until next time, you're all fired. This is a copyright disclaimer. We do not own or have any affiliation with the WWE. This is just a fan-made show. And all musical credit for the intro go to Dance with the Dead. Please go support Dance with the Dead and the WWE.